Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Overcast Podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Wes. And today we are thrilled to be joined by Mr. Nolan Potter himself. Nolan, how are you doing? Hello. I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. Can't wait to talk about some music. Awesome. Awesome. So are we. We we can't wait either. Uh, <laughs> how have you been? How have you been uh, holding up these past few months, really? But more so recently. It's uh. It's been okay. I mean, it's been great to get back into playing shows and everything. And we thought we had a really thing, good thing going with Nightmare Band. We played uh, five shows in July in Austin, did like a residency thing. And uh, we're just going to push through. We're, um, you know, we're going to do our best. I, I can't really afford to stop playing shows at this point, but we're trying to push everything we can outside. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to ever stop playing music again like that. It was crazy for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Was it did you have to kind of get back on the horse when it came to playing live music or Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of bands had kept rehearsing and like kept uh, doing live streams and stuff with Nightmare Band. There was just too many of us and kind of when everything went to shit, like everybody spread out and uh some people went to like different states or like went on the road with like started their own recording projects and stuff and some people were working some people weren't working there was like eight of us in the band at that time and i was just like let's just call it see what happens you know so we definitely had to like start from scratch again pretty much and we had a slightly different lineup and but yeah it's all it's all back now and and we're playing new material and it's a lot of fun awesome can't wait yeah i've been seeing you guys uh post on instagram uh mm -hmm. with all the recent shows you've been doing and Unfortunately, we haven't been able to make it out there uh, mm. because we're kind of far. We're about four hours away from everything, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from anything remotely cool. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I will be over there for levitation that whole yeah. week. And so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but the, the show that I was the most envious, to say the least, was the Hotel Vegas one with coming back with OCs and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> That was like a total reunion. Hotel Vegas is like our, our home base. I used to work there for almost four years, I think, something like that. That's where I met most of the guys in the band and uh, mm. uh, we got most of the connections that we have. And uh, yeah, it was it was a real homecoming. Nice. Uh, mm -hmm. now, we feel a sort of a personal Texas pride when it comes to you, uh, which is really cool. But we do know that you're not originally from Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, so what kind of, was it something that just happened? You just happened to move to Texas or was it a conscious thing? Like, no, I'm going to Texas. It was kind of a, it was kind of on a whim. Yeah. I was uh, living in Grand Rapids, Michigan for about six years before I moved down here. And, uh, I, I mean, there was a, there's a lot of really good bands in Grand Rapids and a lot of really cool venues and stuff, but it just wasn't really exploding for me the way I wanted to, you know, I was like, I need to go somewhere where this is like. Like, I have no choice but to be successful at this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just, I don't know. Grand Rapids is is great, and I love it there. But, uh, yeah, it was mostly because of Holy Wave that I moved down here. I was like, if these guys are making it down there, I love their music, and uh, that seems like the place for me to be. And I ended up being pretty close friends with them. Met a lot of other musicians through through those guys, and that's how I ended up getting the job at Hotel Vegas, too. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. How do you like yeah. uh, the Austin lifestyle? <laughs> yeah i mean i've gotten lucky in austin just like having fairly cheap places to live compared to you know the general populace 
And at the moment, I'm just playing music, like not not having a, a real job. So nice. if I'm still able to do that in the next few months, you know. Uh, <laughs> so when you were working at Hotel Vegas, were you already making music at that point? Or did you kind of want to settle in, meet some people first? Yeah, I was playing with a band called Lake of Fire, uh, who are originally from El Paso. And they kind of were friends with Holy Wave growing up and stuff. And hmm. they introduced me. I was playing drums and singing with them and then ended up writing some songs for the band and kind of ingratiating myself into the scene a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up playing drums with uh, Annabelle Chairlegs for a really short period, like a summer, I think, something like that. And uh, yeah, just like playing with people here and there, doing cover bands and stuff like that. And yeah, I think Vegas is definitely the catalyst for really, you know, meeting all the musicians. I was working the door, so it was like every time a band played there, they had to come to me first, yeah. you know? And I think that's a really good way to meet people, for sure, if not a great way to live in the long term. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hotel Vegas is definitely holds a sweet spot for me, at least. Because I remember in <clears throat> 2019 or so, uh, when I was, I wasn't, I was 20 or 19 or something. I don't know. I was young. I wasn't 21 yet. Uh, but Hotel Vegas is a 21 plus and the OCs were playing and I was like, God damn it, dude. I can't believe I'm missing this. But uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, Tim, he pulled some strings and he's like, Hey, as long as you don't drink and we've put big ass X's on your hands, we can bring you in for free. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, I, fuck I yeah. I love doing that. I've, I've gotten to do that, especially at OCs shows. Like there's so many kids that are like, please like i'll do anything it's like <laughs> yeah. i can make this like the best most formative night of your young life if i just mm-hmm. let you in this place and yeah that's one of the great pleasures we get last time we played with them there was a couple kids like that too that just like stood stood side stage clearly in high school giant x's you know and it was <laughs> like yeah this is like you deserve to see this more than all these drunk grown-ups you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that probably won't remember it in the morning but right exactly <laughs> um but yeah, that's cool. Uh, the whole Holy Wave biz, that mm-hmm. kind of uh, throws it back for us at our f- first Levitation. They were one of the bands on the lineup on the build that night. Uh, so Holy Wave is great. That was the first time that we were introduced to them. Um, yeah, seeing and them they're also <laughs> Yeah, seeing them live, uh, which was great. And then I was like, holy shit, how have I never heard of Holy Wave before? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to, me and Wesley instantly went up to their merch booth and bought their album and then got it signed by the band and mm-hmm. we've been following them ever since. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love those dudes. Yeah. It's been, yeah, they're definitely the the reason for me coming down here, I guess, when it, when it boils down to, you know, I was like, at least I know those five dudes. So how bad could it be, you know, when I get yeah. here and it's, it's been great. It's definitely my home. It's the place I've. I'm meant to be here. I'm pretty sure. You know, I love Michigan. I always love Michigan, but I'm never going back there. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it seems like you're definitely li- uh, living the Austin dream, uh, not having to work and just kind of living off music. So. I'm lucky that I have very my expenses are very low. I mean, I'm extremely poor. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, uh, at the for the time being, I you know I can I can make it work. Hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, we've noticed is during the whole lockdown and, you know, not being able to go out and enjoy life, you've still kept busy with all the releases that you've had on Bandcamp and stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's great. With all, the, with all the material that you released, it seems like that's all you were doing, uh, which is great. So why don't you, if you could just tell us a little bit about that time frame of making music and really not being able to do much else. 
Yeah. So, I mean, in a way I was like, as much as this sucks, like now I really can just like sit here and write music by myself all day and, and get collecting, you know, stimulus money and shit. I was like, I can get all the gear that I need, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it, you know, I'm not like an incredibly social person anymore. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a blessing. I like being alone. You know, I like having my computer and just fiddling around and like the stuff that I put out during, during quarantine is only a kind of the tip of the iceberg of everything I recorded. I have like two more records ready to go. Dang. Well, if anyone ever wants to hear them, we'll see. Uh, just we, send them we to us. We both want to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can send them to us tonight and we'll do full reviews of them tomorrow. <laughs> I got to teach them to the band first. That's the whole, okay. Yeah. The whole, uh, the whole deal. I really, I mean, the next thing is like really doing another nightmare band record. Cause we were kind of robbed of that opportunity. You know, mm. I just, most of us, we didn't feel safe being in a room, all of us together mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for so long that, yeah, it's kind of, we're kind of, we call it, we're on season five now. We've been through five, seasons, <laughs> four seasons of band members. Basically, every time somebody leaves and somebody else has joined, it's like a new a new season. So <laughs> we had to really revamp it for season five. Yeah. Now, talking about your, your band camp stuff, I know that Wesley was drawn to one thing in particular, and I'm sure he'd love to talk about that for a little bit. Let's, let's hear it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eggbound. I, I I even got the cassette. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it was like yeah. uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I was like, okay, I'm finally gonna you know listen. And I I just saw it, and I was playing Mother Three at the time. I was like, I have to listen to it. Really? So, yeah. You? Oh my god. Okay. Well, this is this takes it to a whole new level now. Oh, you- <laughs> I'm very glad. I figured. <laughs> so yeah, I got I got the, the Earthbound. I got the Eggbound cassette. And when it came, I was like, oh, cool, little pin. But um, uh-huh. besides just being, you know, a reference to Earthbound, I really like the music a lot, uh, specifically in the midst of jazz. Uh, that's been my favorite song. I just have the cassette on repeat in my car, like every day going to work, going to H-E-B, awesome. doing stuff. Um, I was really curious, though, about the music part. How did you get those little Earthbound sounds? Like, which synthesizer did you use? Or oh, just I had to... I uh, I found the samples. I didn't make it myself. That's oh, for sure. That's cool. Yeah, I was trying to drop just little because I I at the time that I was making, I was playing Earthbound uh-huh. on, on NES or SNES. Oh, cool. And uh, oh, cool. so it was inevitable that it was going to cross over at some point. And then I was just like, I'm just going to do it on purpose. Just drop <laughs> tiny little hints that only the true initiated people will understand. You know. Well, I picked up on. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, have you have you played Mother Three yet? Did you beat Earthbound? No, I've never. I beat Earthbound. I'm working through my second time beating it. I mean, beating it. I guess it's a weird. Yeah, I mean, you beat it. You play. You fight Gygus at the end, yeah. and then you win. But it's it's a <laughs> compared to a lot of video games. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a whole experience. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually gonna. It. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna go through my second playthrough here in a little bit. But after beating Mother Three, I think I need to just need a little break from all that. It's yeah, it's a lot. It's a sort of spiritual, mental yeah. journey more than most video games. And that's what I wanted to do with Eggbound, too. I was approached by um, by Michelle from Moss Music Records here in mm-hmm. Austin. And she and I have worked on cassette tapes before because Castleface doesn't really do cassettes that mm-hmm. much. Um, and cassettes are super important to me. I mean, like, that was the medium I grew up with, you know? And uh, so, yeah, she approached me about doing another one. I was like... I don't really have anything in mind per se, but I have a lot of like snippets of other stuff. 
and kind of just like mashed it all together and like cut and paste a bunch of stuff, took a part from this song and put it over top of a part from this song and, you know, live recordings and like MIDI compositions and stuff and just threw it all together. And, and like I said, as at the same time I was playing earthbound and it has a really similar vibe to that, where it's just like, they just threw everything in this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it seems like they didn't know what they wanted it to be. And that's exactly what it was supposed to be. So, but it came yeah. out great. And I, I love that, um, you know, it's just little snippets of that, like different bits of music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the artwork on it, looking at the liner notes, like it, it feels like that too, but in a good yeah, way, of course. Splash, yeah. Yeah, the, the cool thing about um, doing that during quarantine is that uh, me and my partner, Julie, we were, mm-hmm. we were both, I mean, she was working from home. She works at UT and, uh, and I was just making music at home. So all the artwork and stuff, she was like coming up with the artwork as I was coming up with the music. It was like a total collaborative thing. Like every time I'd come up with a new song, I'd show her and then she'd add something else to the cover. And, you know, and with the both, with the new, the new LP from Castle Face 2 is actually one second. I'll be, I got to show you something. (laughs) Oh, she got it right here. (gasps) There it is. Whoa. I mean, she put hundreds of hours into this thing. Yeah. And just as yeah. I put hundreds of hours into the record, you know, it's it's been really nice to be with somebody that we can just like totally meld our minds on that on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So is that like a painting of your little space or yeah, that's my that's my bedroom basically. Cool. I mean it's a little bit glorified, <laughs> fantasized a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, she, it's pretty accurate. I would say I would, I would be there if I wasn't a little bit under the weather. I don't want to get my roommates sick today. So you could see the real thing, but this is cool too. At least I got that. Yeah. That's really cool. cool. (laughs) I'm excited to, to own it already. (laughs) I can't wait to see it on, I still haven't seen it on the actual record. Like we got the test pressings, but they didn't have the cover, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. Julie's really excited about it. She's such an amazing artist. Yeah, one thing in particular uh, that's keeping true with this record, uh, I love the artwork of the first, well, I guess the first two albums with uh, mm-hmm. this one and uh, Nightmare Forever. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I always hit back home with this uh, when on several episodes that I like um, it's kind of like ritualistic of getting like listening to a record and kind of throwing it on and listening to it. And I like to read along with the liner notes and Mm -hmm. just stare at the artwork and stuff. I was telling Wes in uh, our deep dive that um, Nightmare Forever is a great album to do that with just because there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. And um, the style of your music is incredibly unique. (laughs) um, (laughs) It's, it's, it's great. Like I, I can't stress enough how much like, I like Nightmare Forever. It's a great album. Um, and one thing that we always ask is like influences and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. just because we like to like to get a little uh, into the the mindset of the artist. Uh, but one thing that I like, if people visit your Instagram, you have like a whole uh, highlights thing of your influences. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like Hawkwind and Frank Zappa and Todd Rundegren and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's really cool. So... It's interesting hearing those artists and stuff and then going back and revisiting your work and kind of hearing the 
what you might have, you know, picked up on a little. Mm -hmm. um, but your sound is still wholly unique. Um, so it, was that something like, how did you develop that sound? I think, uh, I mean, with, when I started this, this project, like kind of at the inception of nightmare band and everything, it was really like, I mean, it's like musical cosplay almost like I've been in a lot of bands that are people like trying to come up with like, this is the new sound. And it's like, yeah, but you kind of just sound like every other band in town, you know, <laughs> like I, I wanted to be like, on this song, I want to sound like Todd Rundgren. On this sound song, I want to sound like Hawkwind. You know, on this song, I want to sound like Soft Machine or, or you know, Zappa or or whatever. And it's really, I mean, that's really been the intention of the band from the beginning. I've always been that kind of like, I take joy in like pretend playing dress up. You know what I mean? And that's mm. that's a big aspect of the band. But then when you do all those things together, it becomes something on its own, you know, and not a lot of bands are doing that kind of thing. I think they're like, we want to sound like, th like this. And that's what we sound like across the board. But if you see a nightmare band show, we have some songs that sound like magma, you know, and then the next song will sound like Todd Runger. And it's like, nobody's doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of where it came from. It's, it's just musical dress up you know, which I feel like all bands are doing that anyways. There's not a lot of new shit under the sun. And, uh, <laughs> and it's pretty obvious, you know, when, when a band has chosen their direction, it's like, it's, it's how well you accomplish the goal that you're setting out. Like, mm. even if you sound exactly like your favorite band, you know, if you sound exactly like them in the right way, you're a good band. If you sound exactly like them in the wrong way, you're a bad band. You know what I mean? We're all yeah. trying to sound like somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, since the dawn of time, I think that's that's been true for musicians. Yeah, I definitely see that <laughs> and get your point. Uh, <laughs> one, one thing that I'm a sucker for is some nice flute. Uh, <laughs> growing up, uh, uh, Jethro Tull, like Ian Anderson, he's always got my attention because my dad introduced me to classical music and stuff. And um, of course... Me and Wesley are huge Beatles fans and Pink Floyd fans and stuff like, like that. that. Yeah. And uh, when my dad first showed me uh, Jethro Tull, it was Aqualung, of course, what a, one of the greatest songs to be introduced with. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just like, what is this enchanting sound? <laughs> like, this, yeah. is, this is so great. And I, I kind of felt that um, with like a revitalization of that when we I discovered you, uh, oh, thanks cool. to Castleface. Um yeah, Dwyer has great respect for the flute. That's for sure. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's definitely dabbled a bit in uh, himself too. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I only picked up the flute like maybe seven years ago or something. It's not like I'm, I still don't feel like I'm very good at it. But uh, but yeah, it's it's got some. It's got a special quality. I think that it's. I mean, the instrument itself is based on like one of the earliest forms of instruments that humans ever came up with. You know, like let me just like put some air into a reed or like, you know, a pipe mm. or whatever. And it has that sort of like ancient sort of uh, mystical quality to it still. Um, I wish mm. I was a lot better at it. I need to practice a lot more, but uh, yeah, it's, it kind of became a sort of uh, like a cliche of the band almost where I'm like, it's just another <laughs> instrument, you know what I mean? And then people started using it in posters all the time and like, talking about it in, in reviews and stuff. And I'm like, it's just one aspect, you know? Yeah. Like I do really, really love it, but I'm never going to be Ian Anderson. You know what I mean? Like that dude is like the Hendrix of flute. 
And he, yeah. I mean, on purpose, like that was his intention. He was like, I want to be the Hendrix of an instrument, but Hendrix is already <laughs> yeah. exist, you know? So I'm going to choose this, this thing that nobody plays. But then there's also Peter Gabriel, you know, who used the flute in a totally different way, like very much more mellow, not show-offy, you know? And uh, and then all so many jazz musicians I love that are flautists, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I really love it, and I'm still finding new ways to use it. Mm-hmm. Were you in uh, like we, a jazz band or anything during school? I was, yeah, but I played guitar in jazz band. But it was only I went to like a really small school. We didn't have a very good music program, uh-huh. and so I would go to a camp in the summer for jazz band in like the big city, and. Uh, the big city being Grand Rapids, which is not that big of a city, but I grew up in like the middle of nowhere. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I did a little bit of jazz band and then I would try and take it from like that one week of summer camp and like work on it all year long. And then the mm-hmm. next year I'd be like first chair or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. I, and then I played trumpet in like symphony orchestra and like pet band and, and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I I I, I kind of wish I'd stuck with classical music and jazz a lot more than I did, but I'm starting to get back into it over the last few years. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it it seems like it's a like a better time for you because you seemed more seasoned musically, uh, and it seems like a better time to get into that kind of music just so you can kind of appreciate yeah. it more almost. Absolutely. And there's way more people into that kind of stuff in Austin than anywhere I've ever lived before. You know, like now we have this guy Marshall playing sax in the band who's like, like he lives, he does, he makes a living. Well, he's a carpenter, but he also has like, he does lessons and stuff for piano and saxophone. And he's just a musical genius, like on a level that nobody in the band really has been before where I can like write out charts and write out whole you know, stacks of sheet music and give it to him. And, and we can really work together in that way, which I've never really had with a band before, mm-hmm. but it's really fun. I love sheet music is like one of my favorite things to do almost more than recording at this point. Interesting. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Would you ever want to like do a, like a spinoff, like big band type thing? I, I would love to, if I had time. Absolutely. I mean, the nightmare band is like, it's open to as many people want to be in it like we <laughs> I think our max has probably been eight but then we've had like eight plus another guy comes on for one song and then yeah I'm open I mean I, w- I would love to have like backup singers a whole horn section yeah I mean th- the dream is to be like a full-on orchestra you know someday that would mm-hmm. be amazing but um you know we're all extremely poor like I said so <laughs> <laughs> If you ever need two extra percussionists, you can yeah. always give us a call. <laughs> yeah, I could play a mean slide whistle also if you want. There you go. <laughs> um, one thing that I am always interested in uh, is the recording process. Now you kind of touched on that—that that, uh, this new album, "Music Is Dead," which is out September twenty fourth on Castle Face Records. Just a little plug for you there. Um, uh, that it was all recorded on your own, and mm-hmm. you kind of said that all the band camp stuff for the most part was recorded on your own as well. Uh, so is the only outlier uh, nightmare forever in terms of that? Like, was that recorded with the band? Yeah, that was a full band collaboration. And honestly, I didn't have that much control over it really. Like it was, um, it was uh, our, our synth player at the time, Nori Swafford. 
mm-hmm. who's a brilliant producer and engineer and stuff. He kind of really took control and and used his technical knowledge on it to make it more, uh, you know, hold up more against a lot more modern recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a total group effort and we, we got to record in a really nice studio and had shit tons of amazing instruments at our disposal. And it was awesome. And I mean, the intention was to keep doing it like that, mm-hmm. you know, and then the record came out right before the pandemic and we were kind of just forced to like, everybody kind of started their own thing, you know? And I was just like, well, in this frame of mind, I'd much rather just do it all myself, you know, and learn how to do it myself. And I never expected Castleface to want to put it put it out because, like, it sounds pretty good now after it's mastered. But I I don't know. Like, even since I've recorded it, I've gotten so much better at recording and mixing and like knowing how all of that stuff works. So uh, yeah, it's definitely it's kind of like a time capsule of the very beginning of quarantine for me. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it ended up sounding pretty cool for what it is. I mean, considering that I have no like formal training in mixing or engineering at all. Yeah. Uh, one thing, a lot of the guests we've talked to, or some of the guests we've talked to have talked about that. Like uh, when we had uh, John John Dwyer on, mm-hmm. uh, I asked him because his discography, I mean, you know how big his mighty discography is. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, so I was asking him, I was like, what? Like, how is it, what is it like listening back to your older music, like seeing where you are now? Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, he doesn't really, he's not a big fan of help anymore, even though it's a cult classic. Um, (laughs) but one thing that I've always wanted to ask somebody, uh, and I'll ask you, uh, if you'd ever like want to Kanye West it and just be like, you know, I'll go back and I'll remaster everything now that I know what I'm doing now and then re-release it. Kind of, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's the real, the quandary that I'm kind of constantly stuck in is because I do, I do like the way this stuff is on its own. I mean, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be the same. I think like one, one thing in particular is a spirit lasts forever. Like I'm really proud of that recording Mm -hmm. for what it is. I had no idea what I was doing at the time, Um, but we've played it with the band, I think maybe live only once. And then we've been revamping it and I've been like charting it all out, writing it all down as sheet music. And that's one thing that I would really love to do again with like a string quartet and a horn section and like multiple percussionists. And yeah, but there's other stuff that I'm like, that's just fine how it is, you know, like Mm -hmm. the world is a peach goodbye is like, I guess half the songs on there, we turned into songs for Nightmare Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they're even on Bandcamp anymore. Like I had to take them down under advisement from Castleface. Like mm-hmm. just just have the one version up there, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that stuff should stay the way it is. I don't know. It's tough too because I never really want to go back and listen to it very badly. Like mm-hmm. once in a while, I'll get nostalgic and be like, I'll go check that out again and see how it was. I think remastering is one thing, but like really going in and remixing everything, I don't even know if I have most of those files anymore. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think stuff should be what it is. I always want to move forward, you know? Yeah. Uh, before we left, we were talking a little about the recording process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of talking about, uh, Nightmare Forever and how that was with the band, mm-hmm. uh, with the full band. Uh, so uh, do you prefer recording solo? Cause earlier you had said that you liked being alone and kind of just doing it on your own, uh, but, but what what do you, what are the pros and cons of each? I guess would be a better question. 
Um, it's really recording alone is extremely easy for me. You know what I mean? Not having to put anything into words for other people is, is so much easier. Like I can't, and I mean, if the band ever sees this, you know, they'll, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they they might have a different opinion, but for me, it's just, yeah, it's, it's so quick and easy. As soon as I come up with something, I can lay it down, you know, and like punching Mm -hmm. in and, overdubbing stuff is just like i don't even have to think about it it's it's like i can crank out a whole a whole complicated song with all the layers and everything in like a day um you know and then with the band it's a much more we were talking about classical music earlier it's 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 like that kind of where it's like dictating a part to somebody and like on nightmare forever i was like the setup was uh, we did bass and drums first and I'd be in there with headphones and the metronome and conduct the whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I had like a wand, like a, whatever you call it, a wand. I don't think that's the proper term. But that's Nolan a, Potter's wand. Yeah. <laughs> that's a better name for it. I think yeah. it's baton. Yeah, it's baton. There we go. There it is. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I love that aspect of it too. I, I mean, it's much more, I mean, I, it's, it's probably obvious how much I idolized Zappa. And uh, I think that he was the master of that, like writing parts for specific people in his band. Like, I know what you can do. And I wrote this for you to play it and for you to make it your own, even though you didn't write it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're at with the band too, because everybody is super brilliant musicians of their own and they have their own projects that are really worthwhile and uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a fine line. I mean, it's been so long since we did that that I I kind of forgot how to do it, you know. And mm-hmm. and for them, it's been a lot of work just like learning the stuff that I've done over quarantine. And we're not even like halfway through that yet. But like I said, we're always preparing for the next show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm I'm really looking forward to the next time that Nightmare Band records fully. Yeah. Whenever that may be, our next plan is kind of like see if everybody can take some time off their jobs and I'll just get together in like a country house somewhere. I think we're at like that country house phase. You know what I mean? Genesis did it. Led Zeppelin did it. Yeah. You know, Magma did it. All the bands we love <laughs> we mm-hmm. get to that point where it's like, let's just drop everything and go out in the middle of nowhere and see what happens. And yeah, uh, yeah so there's that aspect of it. And then the aspect of, I have two more records of stuff that I did myself that like, if we learn it and it's good with the band, then we'll record it like that. If it sounds better, just the way that I did it. And then we'll move on to something else with the band. Uh, I'm always looking for ways to make it more collaborative for everybody, you know, cause I want mm-hmm. them to feel like this is their band too. You know, I kind of made the mistake at the beginning of calling it Nolan Potter's nightmare band and putting all <laughs> the pressure on myself, you know, uh-huh. but that's something we've been talking about. And uh, as we tour more and stuff, it, it becomes like a, a family affair. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I love both. I love both aspects of it. And I'm not going to stop making music in my room, you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love the dudes in my band and I love making music with them. Yeah, maybe you could do a, a solo thing on your own where you go to a farmhouse and like Ram, Paul McCartney's Ram. Seriously, yeah, <laughs> putting drums in the toilet and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> shoot, yeah. recording guns and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real classic stuff. Mm. <laughs> um, I had a question, but I lost my train of thought. I'm sure. Uh, so let me let me regain it here. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just throw this in there. 
uh, probably because I subconsciously want this to happen to me. But what was the process like of joining Castleface? Was it one of those like classic John Dwyer scouting, scouting you live and being like, okay, I'll approach this guy? Um, it actually was through uh, Andrew Cashin from A Giant Dog and Sweet Spirit. He uh, he and I worked at Vegas occasionally, like when he wasn't on tour and stuff, he'd pick up shifts. And so we got to be mm-hmm. pretty close friends. And uh, he saw us at a house show, the only house show that Nightmare's band has ever played for, you know, obvious logistical reasons of not <laughs> yeah. being able to fit eight guys into somebody's living room. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then at that same show, he texted Dwyer and he, was, and he told me, he's like, I never do this, but like, it, this dude needs to hear your music. And I honestly am not like up to that point, I wasn't super familiar with with John's music other than working at Vegas and seeing their live show, which is obviously amazing and like, you know, so impactful for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and John reached out right away. I didn't get his email for like three weeks because I forgot to check that account. <laughs> and surprisingly, they were still they were still down. And Matt from Castleface too was super into it and has been such a helpful, you know, dude putting this all together, doing all the business work on and like all I have to really do is send them something. And if they like it, they're like, yeah, we're about to put a bunch of money into this and spend a bunch of time on it. And, and they make it really, really easy. Uh, so yeah, I got to yeah. give it up to Andrew from giant dog for making that all happen. He's a super sweet dude and recognizes good music apparently. <laughs> yeah. We thank him as well for, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, castle face really seems like a, a great team thing like we thought we had Matt on also mm. and it's really great because we could tell that he loves doing that kind of work he really does and yeah i mean it's, it's, it's not great. it's not easy stuff to do the stuff that he's doing i mean especially during the pandemic and stuff organizing yeah production schedules <laughs> and stuff it's been crazy like originally uh the new album was supposed to come out in july but because of all the production delays and uh you know we have to get the the records shipped from uh, the Czech Republic and it like Mm -hmm. just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And he's been always cool about it and never like, you know, he's like willing to compromise with us. Like, Hey, we'll put, since the record's not coming out, we'll do a single and then we'll do another single and we'll kind of push it throughout the summer. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're just super easy dudes to work with. I mean, Dwyer's called me a couple of times over the pandemic, just for no reason, just to check in and see how everything's going. We talk about Dungeons and Dragons and let each other know <laughs> nice. how our campaigns are going and stuff. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's, he's a really sweet dude. He's definitely become a sort of like father figure for the whole band. He let us stay at his house in LA when we were out there. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just, he's great. And Matt too. They're just the sweetest dudes ever. Absolute legends. And we can't, I, I mean, I know both of us can't wait, but I'm sure your fan base in general can't wait for, uh, music is dead to come out mm-hmm. again September 24th on Castleface Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so what was kind of the mindset going from Nightmare Forever into Music is Dead? Was it kind of uh, one of those times where it's like, okay, we have, I still have these songs that I'm working on already. Uh, let me just make a whole new album. Or were you like, I'm going to start a new album from fresh? No. So I started, I started the tracks for music is dead before the pandemic, like several months before, I think Mm -hmm. fall of 2019. I, Mm -hmm. I, um, my buddy, uh, that I used to work with, let me use the shed in his backyard 
and just set up shop in there for a couple of weeks. And originally they were just going to be demos for the next Nightmare Band record. Like I, I didn't, I had no plan of doing a solo record ever again, really. It was like, well, we have this band now, so let's just do that. And, uh, yeah. and then they kind of just, yeah, once the pandemic happened, I was like, I guess I got to keep working on them. You know, it was never really intentional. There wasn't a, I wasn't, yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't going to be a, like a follow-up to Nightmare Forever, really. Like, there's a lot of things in my mind that happened between those things, like things that I had recorded and like ideas for yeah. albums that I had. And it's just the way that productions end up happening. Like, it's a little bit... Oh, are you freeze on me again? Oh, we're back. No, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just... Uh, you know, it was just kind of the next one that happened. And it was the next one that Castleface latched on to. I think mm. there was a lot of little stuff in between that was on my band camp for a while and I took it down. And then, uh, you know, and the weird thing is I was going to call it Music is Dead before the pandemic happened. Now it seems like it's a direct reference to that. Yeah, yeah. very fitting. Yeah, it was kind of a prescient moment, like a prophecy. But uh yeah. Yeah, it was a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. And uh, once the full record comes out and you hear the the song that is titled Music is Dead, I think it'll make a lot more sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's weird. I Because you're only ever putting out records that you did a year ago, six months ago, maybe. Yeah. You know? And now I'm like so far ahead of this and it's just coming out and now we have to like play it at shows a bunch and stuff. And it's hard to mm-hmm. keep up with the the production schedule, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. I think it's coming out at the right time, and I hope people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, we're talking about how about uh, music is dead, and Wesley brought up that on the deep dive actually that uh, it's a call. Uh, Gregorian chants mm-hmm. is kind of like a callback to Little Gregory on earthbound mm-hmm. uh eggbound sorry <laughs> <laughs> um and we we always talk about how much we like uh seeing sort of the progress the progression of songs mm-hmm. um and I, I i don't think that was intentionally like a demo for that song uh so how did how did that kind of work out doing that it was intentionally a demo for that song oh, okay cool yeah <laughs> yeah gregorian chance was fully this is what I'm talking about with production stuff. It's like Eggbound because it was such a small thing and we were doing it locally. We just cranked it out, you know, mm-hmm. but I was pretty much fully done with music is dead already at that point when, when we put Eggbound out. So I was trying to stack as many references to the next record in the, into the cassette release as possible. Mm-hmm. It's that, I mean, it's that whole Zappa thing of he, what he called his conceptual continuity. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. It, the records might not seem like they're about anything, but it all fits together. And there's musical references everywhere. You know, there's uh, lyrical references everywhere. And that's something I always strive for. And a lot of times it happens without even realizing it, you know. But uh, that was definitely one of the intentional times, for sure. I wanted to put a little taste, you know. Very nice. <laughs> Is there <laughs> more things that we haven't heard yet that are also, that we'll be able to pick up on? Hmm. I mean, there's definitely in, in Eggbound, there's a reference to a spirit lasts forever. There's reference to, uh, Hmm. There's a couple little things. I can't remember. I'd have to go listen to it again. Like I said, once I put something out, I, I rarely go back and listen to it. You're done with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, yeah, I mean, geez, it seems 
it's, it's I'm almost envious that you're able to just pump out music like that. And <laughs> it, it seems like it's at no, uh, no expense to quality either. Yeah. Cause, um, I guess everybody likes their own different things. Like Wesley really latched onto Eggbound, mm-hmm. and just I'm a big fan of most of a lot of everything that you've put out. Um, and it's great that you're able to do that, and we're thankful for it because we get a shitload of music from it. Yeah. Well, thank, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's definitely a level of quality that I try to maintain, but to me, it's never it's never up to where it should be. Like even with music is dead, like. That's why I try not to listen to it because if I listen to it now, I'll hear a million things that I could fix, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it's part of having that. A lot of things are like first takes, you know. Like I kept mm-hmm. the first take, or I tried to emulate the first take, even if there was a mistake in it, if I was mm-hmm. overdubbing it, you know. Because I think that that things nowadays are way too polished. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a band will go in to work with like an established producer, and that producer will make them do everything exactly the same. And everything is at the same level, you know, of quality. And there's no mistakes. There's no artifacts, we like to call them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like in Gregorian chants, um, like the full version, there's like, you can hear like my fingers hitting the, the acoustic guitar and like the sliding on the strings and stuff, stuff that I could have fixed easily, but wanted to leave in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't want it to sound, I never want it to sound too polished. And Nightmare Forever to me is almost too polished still. <laughs> like I love it. And I, I love the process of of going through that like sort of more of a big budget record production. But uh yeah, I like stuff that sound, you know, a little bit fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that also I oh I love that too, because it's kind of um like you said earlier, it's like a time capsule. So you can kind of listen back to it and be like, Oh, I remember when this happened. Exactly. Um, yeah. But also it adds character to the music like it adds that extra layer of yeah like i can you can literally almost hear the work going into it right yeah that's what i love to hear from from the bands that i love you know i think zappa again is a really good like example of that as as polished and amazing as all his stuff is like he intentionally put in little artifacts like that for people to discover you know Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i don't ever want to lose that type of thing like I'm, I'm a little wary about going into a big studio situation with with the band in the future i might mm-hmm. want it to be more of a hybrid you know like working on it at home and then taking some stuff to a big studio and then taking that home and like never really giving it away to somebody else to to make it what it ends up being you know mm-hmm. yeah uh is that sort of what is your mindset going into playing a live show like do you do you want to keep because I know some bands they want to keep it to this is what it sounded like in the recording, so we're gonna to try to do that, emulate that live. Yeah. Uh, so with your music, what is what is that like? I mean, I think it depends on how much time we have. A lot of times we're really rushed to get ready for a show just because of the level of musicianship that a lot of this requires. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a lot of sections that that everybody in the band is free to do pretty much whatever they want. If I don't like it, you know, I'll call them out on it and see what we can do to fix it. But uh, yeah, the live show is a lot more improvisational feel. And there's things like, even with like when we play Gregorian chants live, we add this extra chord that I didn't think of when we were in the recording, but somebody did it by accident and practice. And we're like, we're keeping that, you know, (laughs) it's like, I wish I could go back and put it into the record now, but yeah. There's little things like that that we're just like the live show is its own thing. 
and uh, whatever happens, happens, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I think it's it's a lot of pressure on the band to try and live up to the recordings sometimes. And I don't want to put them in that situation, you know? I'd rather yeah. it just be like a fun, energetic show and uh, as close as we can get to the recording is fine. But the recordings weren't even like, it's not like I did everything on purpose. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something's just kind of happened. So I want that same feeling in the live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you, I, I would assume that you're more of a recording person than a live show person. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I want the the live show, like I said, to reflect that, that same sort of vibe. And, mm-hmm. but the live show, the live band is just a way of propelling the recordings forward, you know? Yeah. Uh, as we tour more and stuff, I think that our focus on the live aspect will become a lot more, you know, apparent and, and it'll get a lot more polished and we'll get, we'll have more fun doing it. I mean, it's really fun, but it, it's a, it's a big production, you know. It's it's great that bands are starting to play live again. Like I, I'm super excited for it and I'm sure the musicians themselves are the most excited than anyone yeah i mean don't get me wrong i love it i i absolutely love it it's definitely what i'm supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. being on in a van with these dudes like the last three days it's it's like yes this is where we're supposed to be you know mm-hmm. um yeah I, i'm never if, if they shut this shit down again i'm gonna be absolutely pissed i don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah i i i was i was talking to my girlfriend already i was like you know levitation things are getting shut down again uh so i mean i don't want to speak anything to an exist into existence but to right. say at least our fingers are crossed yeah um, i mean at least in texas it's there's no the government isn't going to stop us from doing anything yeah you know? honestly <laughs> for all <laughs> worse you know except for i guess having abortions and you know training to use a gun before we're allowed to carry it around anyway yeah. we said we wouldn't get into that shit but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think Levitation, just knowing the people that work there and, uh, you know, the people organizing it, it's going to be as safe as it could possibly be. You know, mm-hmm. I there has been a history of them canceling stuff in the past, always for the right reason. You know, I mean, I was here the one year where everything flooded and it was terrifying. There was we had like people from like music, musical refugees, you know, that had flown in from other countries and stuff. And they were like, mm-hmm. everything's done. What are we going to do? We had people staying on our floor and stuff like this yeah. band, France stayed with us through that whole ordeal. And then they figured it out and they made something happen, you know? So I think levitation is definitely going to, they're going to find a way to get through this, you know, and we're, we're here for it. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait. And, um, we always like to close off the show by asking what does the future hold for, for Nolan Potter? Well, you, you've already said that you <laughs> practically have two albums recorded already, but um, what's the, what's the immediate next thing that you're working the immediate on? immediate <laughs> next thing that we're working on is a tour to New York city and back. We're going to play two shows with the OCs at the Warsaw in Brooklyn. And uh, then another, another show with them a couple nights later in Atlanta, and uh, we're really, really excited about it. We've got our very own van now that runs really good. We've got a bunch nice. of good shows booked. We've got a great new booking agent, and uh, yeah. So, so the road is the next is the next big thing for us. And uh, you know, we're gonna stay safe. We're all vaccinated. We're uh, we're playing outside as often as we can, and and we're gonna make it happen. And the OCs are 
awesome, amazing dudes for having us do that with them. It's really, they really went out of their way to get us on these shows and we're really excited about it. So come see us, check out our Instagram for all the dates and everything. And uh, yeah, we'll see everybody on the road. Yeah, we'll definitely link everything down below in the description as well. So everybody check that out. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for, for being on, taking the time. Hope it wasn't a, a massive waste of your time. No, oh, absolutely. I love doing this stuff. If we, I, I'll talk about music all day. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I think this would be a good time nice. to bring this up. We've been, I don't know if you're into uh, film or cinema or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, we've been wanting to kind of add a new aspect to Overcast. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of our guests uh, have, uh, mentioned that they're really big into cinema and stuff like that. John Dwyer has been in the Criterion closet for Christ's sake. Oh, uh, love, yeah, so, I love that little that little thing. It's, yeah, it's good taste for sure. Yeah, so uh, we want to kind of invite new guests as well as revisit old guests if possible to see if they'd be interested in something like that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, awesome. Absolutely. That's great. Um, well, folks, you heard it here first. That's something that we're planning on doing. Yeah. Uh, and we hope people are receptive to it. But yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're interested. Uh, for, for sure. It's, it seems like uh, music and film definitely have, they're, they're intertwined for sure. Yeah. That was my original dream job was to be a film composer when I was like five years old. You know, John Williams yeah. is the reason I play music pretty much. And uh, yeah, it all, it all goes hand in hand for me. And I, I hope that's still the trajectory. If all this develops into me being able to make music for movies, that would be ideal <laughs> awesome well yeah. if if my dream breakthrough ever happens i'll definitely hire you to make something for my movie <laughs> Hell yeah. Do it. Do it. but uh yeah so awesome well that's great uh again everybody check out nolan potter and nolan potter's nightmare band uh his instagram uh check out music is dead out september 24th on cast face records and again thanks so much we absolutely thanks Corey. We loved thanks, it absolutely. i'll yeah. talk to you guys later yeah all right yeah, see ya. Stay safe on the road. We sure will.